Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors, and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares struggled to advance early on as pullbacks on Wall Street and Europe clashed with the Singapore Trade Ministry's expectations that economic growth would come in at around 1%. Then, early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.1% to 3,000. And 94 points after some 33 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, closing numbers are still firming up, um, but here's what I have on my screen. The Straits Times Index up 0.55% and we are looking at 3,113 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 760 million sing dollars. Gainers outnumbered losers 321 versus 250. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, Citrim, Singtel, OCBC and UOB. And heavily traded securities included Citrim, Singtel and Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding Sing Dollars. Now in terms of companies to watch for today, we do have China Everbright Water. The group, as part of a consortium, is developing a project in China's Guangdong province to treat agricultural waste and turn it into biogas and organic fertilizer. Now elsewhere from Sam Altman, returning as CEO of OpenAI to more on Chinese development Sunak getting loan from bad debt manager Huarong Asset Management. More corporate headlines remain in focus and let's break them down with Toby Gresham, investment counsellor, team lead at City Private Bank. Toby, welcome. Hi, good to be on Tintin. Great to have you on as always. And Toby, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the STI Fed so far looking at two things? One is the seemingly more hawkish tone from the Fed minutes out overnight. And the second thing has to do with Singapore's latest GDP expectations. Yes, I mean, the STI um, was up 0.6%. Uh, gainers there was principally the banks and the property developers. Looking out to sort of broader Asia, it was the defensive heavy STI that was very much leading the way. And the rest of the, the screen was, was mostly read today. Um, you're right on the Fed minutes. Um, it was a patient tone struck by the Fed. And clearly, they're, they're focused on inflation and that moving down meaningfully. Um, but the S&P, it's difficult to keep down at the moment. So overnight, that was flat and, and is now uh, ramped up about eight, over 8% um, for the month of November alone. Uh, and so to some extent, that, that sort of followed through uh, into some of the STI result we've seen here. Um, last piece, you mentioned yeah, Q3 GDP. It fared better than we thought, uh, up 1.4%. The market was broadly looking for about 1.1%. And that's thanks to tourism, retail, um, and obviously property prices. We've seen them slightly stronger. Um, heading into 2024, though, the government were, were quite robust, so quite positive that growth would quicken. So all in all, it was a resilient session from the SDI today. Hmm. And I do want to zoom in on some companies to watch, uh, Toby. One of them is China Everbright Water, making the news uh, with it developing as part of a consortium, of course, a project in Guangdong to treat agricultural waste. Now, more broadly speaking, Toby, how far can we expect firms focusing on infrastructure projects to see a boost to their earnings in the near term? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there's really a couple of factors to look at here across uh, some of the industrial and cyclical names. We are seeing a market-wide derating um, in those names, and a lot of that is to do with the higher rates, and, and that slowed down the capex cycle. 
So project returns we anticipate are going to be harder to justify. Um, and really, as new order momentum slows, you know, we could see projects deferred and cancelled. At the same time, though, we've also seen some of the names to be familiar with, the Semcorps and the Keppels. We've seen a bit of profit taking from the highs in the middle of the year. The last factor really on, on, on some of these um, ability to grow the bottom line is going to be operational execution. Uh, a lot of these industrials have got a good order backlog, but mm. executing on these projects with, with cost headwinds so high, it's going to be tricky and, and that's going to dictate whether they can slow down those earnings to the bottom line. Mm. And I do want to set our sights on the region um Toby, developer Sunak China Holdings secured funding for one of its property units from this government-backed asset manager called uh, Huarong Asset Management, which is a further sign of support for the beleaguered real estate sector there. Now, early on Monday, we saw a report by Bloomberg News on the so-called white list of developers eligible for financing. What are you expecting on this front and can we expect a rally in property stocks? Uh, I mean, I think broadly we we wish this was the case, yeah. um, you know, with many of us holding so many China names, but and especially in the property sector. But realistically, the credit policy tone, you know, it's it's not going to be as supportive as we'd like, and and the benefit will broadly be marginal. The sector needs demand, and you know, it's got that's the only thing that's going to offset the glut of supply. And financing in itself is not going to drive that top line growth. So from our perspective, you know, this is propping up at best and not driving the growth that we need to address the consumer demand. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Toby Gresham, Investment Counselor Team Lead at City Private Bank. And this piece of news, uh, juicy news as always, Toby, twists and turns and U-turns. Sam Altman now returning as CEO of OpenAI. But it looks like there'll be a new board aside from um, this rollover member who's Adam D'Angelo. So what do you think is going on right here? What's next for OpenAI and the wider industry? You're, you're right. This is, has been a juicy boardroom battle um, <laughs> yeah. that hit the headlines. Um, look, so... We, we sort of went into the weekend with news that Sam Altman, the, the co-founder of OpenAI, and to put this in context, he's very much the pioneer behind ChatGPT that sort of springboarded OpenAI into our vernacular. And so he, he was thrown out the boardroom and, and it caught um, a lot of large companies uh, who were investing into OpenAI um, off guard. And so really what this has boiled down to, you know, which we've read about extensively this week is, this has been a battle between, between Altman, who's looking at sort of more commercial ambitions for what was originally a not-for-profit um, company, and other members of the board who are much more cautious about the dangers of AI. Um, to make it interesting, Microsoft waded in as the biggest sort of commercial uh, um, investor to, to gain or lose from this battle by offering him a job. Uh, and as of today, this afternoon, the news broke that Altman's being reinstated and the board overhauled. Um, so, I mean, what's, what, what does this mean for the broader market? Um, look, this victory for commercial over caution, mm. I think, is relevant to the sector. And, you know, we're seeing already big tech is racing to incorporate AI into their business models and benefit commercially. Uh, and it looks like this is only really going to continue. Mm. And before we let you go, Toby, let's talk about another company that's also at the front and centre of investors' minds, and that is Binance. A change of leadership there after the former chief agreed to step down as part of this sweeping deal to resolve a US criminal investigation. Now, we know that the new leader has some background in regulatory front. Uh, how you read into this yes and uh, and he's singaporean as well to boot so um yeah richard tang's taking over um 
from the, the prior CEO and founder. Um, and this relates to the, to the, uh, the DOJ, the Department of Justice in the U.S., has, has slammed the company with, with a, a huge $4.3 billion uh, fine and, and the old CEO sort of a $50 million fine. Now, uh, this has obviously sent a very strong message to the market. Um, but in the context of Binance's prior profits, you know, this actually isn't that big a figure for, for them to, mm. to absorb. Um, the new Singaporean CEO, you're right, he's ex, um, uh, ex-MAS and, and also was a regulatory officer for the SGX. Mm. So, I mean, the clear message I'll take away is that for the DHA, this is a warning to the, to, to the whole sector that they are going to be increasingly regulated and brought into the fold. And from Binance's perspective, Hiring Richard Tang shows that they are serious about regulation going forward. So, you know, if we think about the wider crypto market, short term, you know, we did see some risk coming off on the news uh, due to the, to the size of this fine. Longer mm. term, though, this regulatory overhang being removed, um, Binance being the largest and most liquid exchange, this is a positive uh, for crypto in general, we feel. All right. Thanks a lot for the insights, Toby. That was Toby Gresham, Investment Counselor Team Lead at City Private Bank. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.